Welcome to the Money Like Mike podcast, where I can show you how to stop living paycheck to paycheck, become debt-free, and live your definition of financial freedom. I'm your host, Mike Staunton, and I can't wait for you to dig into this episode. Let's do it. Today, I'm talking to Alex Harvey, and she is a money and business success coach that focuses on helping women with their gifts and talents, improving their income, and being able to handle their money like a queen, right? Is there anything you want to add to that, Alex? No, that pretty much sums it up. But I guess in essence, it's about helping people make a living doing what they love and also thriving by being self-employed, you know, and not having that mean that they don't work towards their personal financial goals. Yeah, that's right. I I mean, I'm not in your wheelhouse of being a woman, but I am on the business side of things. And it was kind of scary going from being an employee to self-employed. How do I get clients? How do I get money? What revenues? What do I have to do? All of these questions came up and it sounds like you are the person for entrepreneurial women to come to. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. All right. This season, as mentioned before, anyone's ever listened to podcasts, this is all about financial foundations. And I want to bring Alex on just because she's had more years as being a solopreneur than I have and being a money coach, a fellow money coach. I wanted to kind of get her beginning story. And we're going to go through a list of questions here. So where did you start? Were you an employee going and making the transition or did you just were you just a teenager entrepreneur right from the get-go? No, I was an employee. So I started out my career as an engineer and I was working full-time, my first job out of uni, full-time remotely. So I was working in mining and I lived about six hours north of the capital city or a city uh, in Australia, basically the capital cities are the only cities. <laughs> there, are, there are some big towns. Um, but so I was living remotely and I, I guess it started, it, as soon as I started that full-time job, I knew this was not for me. I thought, I just remember thinking to myself, oh my God, is this what it's going to be like forever? I'm just going to forever for the rest of my working life. I'm allowed to take four weeks off a year. I know in America, it's even less. Uh, and and I have to have, let you know, someone's going to tell me whether I'm, when I'm allowed to take time off and how much time off I'm allowed to take. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's insane. So I feel like that was maybe my first moment that, you know, was leading to this path. And then I went through a phase about a year into that job of just doing things I wouldn't ordinarily do, like that just seemed like something I would never do. And I I did a whole bunch of random things. Like I, I photographed a four-year-old's birthday party. You know, someone had posted it on the buy swap sell. I made an iPhone cake for someone again off the buy swap sell thing. And then one of the things that I did was I started a raw food market stall because I had gotten very obsessed with health and raw food and making all sorts of raw food treats. And 
it was through this that actually another woman I knew that had her own business and also used to be an engineer, she came up to me um, at the markets and invited me back to her place afterwards. And she said to me, you know, I know you're probably not making that much money off these products and you should really be thinking about this as a business. You could really make this into a business. And then she put me onto all of these um, business resources online, people to follow and, and learn from. And that's what really opened my idea, my mind, uh, I guess, to two things. One was to business and the possibility and idea of business. And the second was to the possibility and idea that I could do something that I was passionate about and that I really enjoyed and that maybe I would get so much further in life doing that rather than just following the path that made the most sense. So that, so that's how, uh, that's how I got started on the business entrepreneurial path. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I can relate to that very heavily, meaning I too went to school to be an engineer and that's actually how I got to Australia. Like you said, in America, we only get two weeks a year. In Australia, four, I was happy, right? It doubled just by moving <laughs> countries. And I was with that particular company five years in the US and five years in Australia. So 10 years all up. And I finally figured out that there's got to be more than four weeks off a year to ask permission to, uh, I remember when I, I was getting towards the end and I asked for a, another week or two or whatever it was. And that was like my sixth or eighth week that year. I had some that rolled over and my supervisor told me it was okay. And then HR came back, said, wait, what are you doing? You know, how many, how many unpaid leaves can weeks can you take? And I mean, I was in a financial position. I didn't need to be paid, but for them, it wasn't making sense to have an employee not producing an income for the business. So it took me 10 years to figure out what you figured out and what sounds like a matter of weeks. So that's amazing. Congratulations. And that's really cool how you also transitioned into trying different things. You didn't know what you didn't know. You didn't know what you didn't like. And that's what I love to teach people. No one knows. Uh, I love this quote. My favorite quote that I live by is a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an opinion. I'll say that again. A man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an opinion. I can have an opinion all day long about me telling you about a business or about doing raw food. You have the experience. I don't. All right, so that's the whole point. Just get out there and try. And one of my biggest things that I try to teach people is to get out of debt. And people that, for what I teach, people that I hear the biggest ego boast uh, an argument is, well, why would you pay off your student loans or your mortgage if you can invest that and make more on the interest, right? The interest difference. It makes sense. Mathematically, it makes sense. But the feeling that comes in of being debt-free is completely different. It's immeasurable. You can't not put a, a number to that. That's been my, I have that experience. They have an opinion and I have the experience. So thank you for sharing. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I think that's, that's such a valid thing to always keep in mind when you are doing something, especially, you know, if we're talking business, because everyone's going to have an opinion of what you should do, who you should target, what you should try, you know, every person that's never had a business, right? And you've just got to let all of that wash off you because these people who have 
often very strong opinions have no idea they've never done it before so yes you've got I think that's that's a great quote and I also you know I I love what you said as well about you know just trying things no one knows from the beginning and I say that to people a lot as well because a lot of people are looking for the thing and it's like, you know, when I found the thing to put all of my energy into, you know, then I know I can go for it, but I just don't have anything right now. And what I say is just follow your curiosity. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to be able to see how this is going to lead somewhere. You just do things, engage with life and that will bring forth, you know, the next steps. I'm with you. Oh, um, I've said this like I've told this and spoke it out loud to myself and others, but I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing and that's serving others right now. It's financial coaching. And I don't think I'm going to ever stop doing financial coaching. Will that change 100% of the time? And I'll share with you. um, I'll be open enough to share this with you. I know your focus is women. And so I felt like I was going to step on your toes. If I also was going to focus on women, I had to get over myself. One, because we serve, even though we both serve women, they're different types, right? And someone may need to hear the masculine side. Someone may need the the feminine side from you. We serve the same people on a high level, but going down, we serve different people. And I didn't know that until I started to try, right? I just got out there and I, I tried to do this. And this is what it is. It is going back to what you said about, once I get this thing or once I achieve or get, do this thing, then I'll be happy. Action. What I have found, once you try things, action will take you where you need to go. The universe, God, whatever you believe in. So yeah, all in all, just get out there and try. If it's business or a new job, maybe you want to be an employee. There's nothing wrong with that as well. Like I enjoy being an employee or I did in the past. Now I couldn't imagine going back, but I enjoyed being an employee and I had to try different jobs as an entrepreneur. You tried different avenues to bring in money and I didn't know until I tried. And now I have stories, I have experiences and it's, it's a beautiful thing that has led me to who I am and who you are today as well. So I think we can agree to share that message with others is just start, just try whatever it is. Just start, just do it. And and don't worry if someone else is already doing it and you can serve the same people and everyone has their own unique essence and flavor and people receive things from different people. So none of that kind of thing should get in the way. Mm. Yes. So my next question to you would be around going from an engineering background and I knew my salary and assuming it's the same, especially if you don't fly in, fly out and moving towards owning your own business. For me, there was a salary gap. So was there a problem in that for you having a, a salary gap? No, not really. Uh, because doing what I wanted was so much more valuable to me. And I just knew in the long term, I've got so much more scope to earn more than what I would have um, although, you know, working in mining, I could, I could earn a lot, but it just, it, the, the tax on my soul and spirit and life force would have been too great. You know, I was having a really sore lower back, um, 
in about like the last six months or year when I was in my job and, you know, it was just so uncomfortable. Most of the time I would be sitting during the day, even sometimes if I was standing for too long and it literally went, it just out of the blue stopped after I left the job. Like it just, it just completely stopped because, you know, it's, uh, if it's affecting your your life force, your energy, your vitality, that can that can affect you in all sorts of other ways as well, physically, you know, obviously mentally and emotionally. So it's just a, a totally random example. But you no, know, for me, I saved up uh, a good chunk of money to leave my job. So I actually didn't go, I didn't set out to earn income straight away. I didn't know exactly what business I wanted to have straight away because I realized I was much more passionate about the education and teaching. I love teaching rather than making the raw food. So I knew I didn't want to you know, have a business making raw food once I left my job and I had all this money saved. So I decided to give myself a bit of time to work out what exactly it is and then to build that up again. And I, I guess in terms of, was it a problem, you know, the gap in income, it, it wasn't until I spent through all of my savings, but actually a real gift that I got from that was learning how to change my spending habits. Because I think, you know, unless you're stepping out into a business that you've already completely built up to support you full time, you actually, you've got to learn how to adjust things based on whatever stage you're in right now. And I was on a very comfortable salary. And so I comfortably spent money and, actually spending all of my savings um, made me learn so much about money and changing money habits because I actually felt incapable of changing my spending habits before that point. Like I just, you know, I would compulsively spend on things that I guess would give me a dopamine hit and make me feel better. Even just things like food and coffee and, you know, just daily things like that. Um, and yeah, it was through that experience that I learned, um, you know, managing your own as, and self-employed, like inconsistent income varies from month to month, totally different ball game, um, totally different ball game in being on top of things, um, on top of your spending, all of that kind of stuff. But once I got that down and once I really uh, was very, I guess, on transparent with myself about my numbers, where everything was, what I, how I needed to manage things in order to be at the income level I was, then it wasn't a problem. So yeah, there was, I guess, an adjustment period of learning how to manage things at a, well, A, at a different income level, but also B, when your income is more sporadic. Yeah. Thank you. And the majority of people that I've talked to and maybe even listen to this, this podcast, my podcast would be a salary, right? I have a consistent income, but I would love to, to talk about the, the variability. Like I would say, I call it like the hill and valley. Like some months can be big and then some can, I mean, for me, some can be zero, but, or near zero at the moment and just lower. Right. So the variable income, um, in what you just explained to me, did you ever feel out of control or was there a, a moment when you came into more control? I don't think I felt out of control per se, but there was a moment of, 
oh fuck, I've spent mm. through all of my money and I didn't realize because I wasn't keeping tabs on it because I thought I had so much that I just didn't have to worry about it yet. And I also thought that as long as I was following my true path, things would just start to fall into place, you know, financially. But it didn't quite happen that way because I also experienced, you know, such, I would say, like blocks and difficulty around putting myself out there and making offers and just, you know, how you actually go about actually getting clients and getting people to pay you and that that's an act, a proactive process that you engage with. You know, when previously I had always been told from a job, this is how much we're going to pay you. You know, you don't like, it just kind of, I mean, you apply for a job, but it, in a way, like it's very passive most of the time. You, I mean, you can be very active about it. I wasn't. Um, and it just kind of comes to you and it's just such a different dynamic in going out after it. So I found, um, I found that really difficult or that was just a real adjustment So I didn't feel out of control, but I felt like, oh, fuck, I've got to change things like shit, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to have no money and I've never had no money and I've always had some savings and I've always worked like since I could work. I grew up on a farm. I was uh, had no choice about working on the farm and I did get paid. And so I constantly know from a really young age, I always worked for a wage Um, and so, yeah, that that was more of a moment of like, I've got to change something. So I didn't feel out of control per se, but maybe more um, powerless and like, what am I going to do? Yeah, thank you for that answer. And I'm very similar. Again, we can relate on a lot of things. I started working very early. I personally am a natural saver and it sounds like you are very similar there as well. And I guess to dive into it a little bit deeper, could you share with everyone, have you in your journey, were you ever in debt? No, I wasn't. I um, I guess I was, it, it kind of comes back to, I worked from like age seven and got paid and my parents got, a, you know, got me and my sisters to have a bank account and put money aside and, that, you know, we got told to say, we didn't really get per se any more guidance than that, but it was, but my parents were very much, you save and you only buy something when you've got the money to buy something. So I think that was drummed into me pretty young. So fortunately I didn't, well, I, I didn't ever get a credit card. I did get a credit card when I worked full-time purely for the frequent flyers and I paid it off every month. So I was never actually like in debt with the credit card. So debt wasn't, um, wasn't a part of my journey. Thank you. And it's very common that people are in debt, but you aren't and you didn't, uh, you still felt a little bit powerless and using your words. Yeah, absolutely. In earning earning yeah, income. Yeah. yeah. And so for someone, I would like to just throw this out there, with, for someone that wants to make the transition from uh, employee to entrepreneur, well, being out of debt doesn't eliminate the stress or anything like that. It's another notch up. 
at least for me in my experience, I was saying similar to you where I had enough saved where I didn't have to have an income for a certain period of time. For me, I made that two years, but it was still, I was in control of my spending. So I want to share with everyone. Mm. It doesn't matter what you make. Just make sure you never spend more than you earn. Yeah. Right? Even with Alex, you're flying fly out making, let's just make up a number, a hundred thousand dollars a year. She could go out and just have impulse purchases, but she still never spent more than she made. And that's okay. Cause she have done better in her words, potentially everyone has a different level of life they want to live. So for me as well, I've made uh, money as an employee and I saved the majority of that after I became debt-free 10 years ago. And now going forward, I can promise you, I will never spend more than I make. I can make $10,000 a year, $110,000 a year, or a million dollars a year. It doesn't matter because I know how to control me. That's the biggest thing. You've got to be able to control the person in your mirror. Which leads me to the next question for you, Alex. When do you believe someone should start doing that? Controlling themselves, gaining control of their finances. Straight away, I think, you know, like I having such a cushy salary, which was about $100,000 for my, um, you know, when I was working, that um, that enabled me to not be on top of my money. So yes, I did not spend more than I had. I only spent what I had, <laughs> but in my first year of working, I pretty much spent what I had. And actually that was also a bit of a waking up moment for me as well. I was, I was a bit horrified by how much money I had <laughs> at the end of my first year working that job. It was a, it was a really similar amount of money to what I had at the start of the year, you know, when I had just been a student for, for four years, were, uh, studying full-time and studying full-time in engineering means you're at uni five days a week, not any, not these degrees where it's like, oh, like three days a week, you're at uni. No, you're at uni five days a week. So you've got quite limited earning um, capacity if you're working a casual job. So I was, I was pretty horrified by that. And we had a financial planner come to town and do a session for women. So that was, that actually got me to put together a budget, not a budget in exactly what I would spend, but just choosing. These are all different things I want to put money aside for savings and then having auto transfers so that as soon as my pay hit my account, money would go, you know, to all those different areas. And that's how over the next year I saved up uh, something like just over 40 K, which is what I quit my job on. Um, and so that was even, you know, a big step. And, but I, yeah, I still spent, um, I just still didn't feel, I guess, super in control of my spending habits, particularly once I, I left my job and, um, and just getting on top of that stuff, you know, like if you can get yourself to do it while you've got a full-time salary, like that's the best time is right now. Like you, you will find the quality of your life does not go down. You like you will, when you get on top of things, you will find there's so many places that you have money leaks that does not add value to your life, does not mean as much as what it would mean 
you know, to either be debt free or to have savings aside for things in the future that really matter to you. So I think for everyone, the best time is now because, you know, it will enrich your life. I think sometimes people think, oh, it's going to restrict me from enjoying my life and the things that I love right now. But it absolutely doesn't. If, if As long as you keep it values aligned, what it will do is it will help you live even more of what you want. So I think, yeah, it's something everyone, you know, should uh, or everyone would benefit from being on top of, you know, straight away. Thank you. And for, your, for those of you listening, you can't see her, but that passion and that coming from <laughs> the heart was amazing. And it didn't even have to come from me. She said it perfectly and exactly what I would say as well. For me, I have a similar story of uh, being in, I uh, didn't have a planner come in, but I had a lady at work and I was kind of saving. And that was the key word there, kind of like I was saving. And this lady said, what are you even saving for? Why don't you go out and buy a car or get some more clothes and go on more holidays? Like, and her asking that question, she I can only speak from my opinion. My opinion was that she wanted me to spend more money, enjoy life a little bit more. But what it caused me to do was ask myself, really, what are you saving for? And get clear on that. And the result from that question made me save even more. Even though I wasn't super clear on what it was, I knew it was for something. And this was in my mid-20s at this point. And I just knew it was for something and I was ready for whatever that was. And for my journey, I met Elle. We, uh, 2016, she said, let's quit our jobs and travel around Australia. Woo. I tell you, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. I didn't even know you had to write a resignation letter, right? That's my level of ignorance. I had no idea. And if I had not had, uh, if I had not set aside tens of thousands of dollars, I would not have been emotionally comfortable quitting my job to travel around in a four wheel drive and rooftop tent around the country. I wouldn't have been comfortable doing that. But those opportunities came because I took the action. I took the action first by asking myself, what am I actually saving for? Then being proactive and saving consciously. And then the opportunity came. And that happens for me all the time. I assume Alex as well for business opportunities, the, the list is endless of what we can link back to when we actually take that first action. The ripple effect of dropping the pebble in the pond is massive. Yes, absolutely. That's a great story. Someone said to me recently, oh, I hope I can remember it, but something like save, save for a want and a want will come. I think that was it. I don't know Ooh, if you've heard that before. I haven't heard that one. Um, no. It was actually a client of mine from the US. And uh, and so what she she's always been a good saver. And she was saying, in essence, you know, save and something will come along that you do want, you know, and you'll have the money there for it. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. My next question for you is, what is the number one thing for to start? Where should someone start? if they had know nothing about finances, like maybe even ask yourself back when you were getting started, what's the number one thing you wish you were told from someone else? Well, I think, you know, finances don't have to be that complicated. This isn't my answer, but 
they're not, it's not actually that complicated. Sometimes people think, oh, it's really complicated. I don't know much about it. Like really, I think, you know, one really great place to start is to, to, to start getting on top of your finances is to track your money, like track what you spend, like what you're spending it on. Um, and also what you're earning, you know, I was, I'm so surprised. Sometimes I talk to people <laughs> that are on salaries and they don't know actually exactly how much they get paid per month. So knowing, just knowing your numbers is like, I think really empowering to just know, not, not roughly, but know, Hey, this is actually what I spend on all these different kind of categories. And this is how much I make. If I, if I had to give one starting point, that would be it. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. And I've created uh, a budgeting, a 15-minute budget online, an online course that I'm providing to everyone. Um, and that's the number one thing. Know your numbers. You've got to track what, what's going in, what's coming in, what's going out. I, I will never forget this story. I was talking to a lady. She and her husband brought in, cleared $25,000 a month. Wow. That was, that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. They could only tell me where $6,000 a month was going. And like our, when, if you're listening to that and your jaw dropped, you're pretty normal, but it's no different than taking a zero off. If you made $2,500 a month and you only know where $600 is going, that's probably you, right? If you're listening to this, four out of five people live paycheck to paycheck. And like Alex was saying, you've got to track these numbers. You've got to know your numbers. If you don't know them, that's the number one thing you need to be doing. So thank you for sharing. Yes. And I totally agree with that sentiment of if you're spending your whole paycheck, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's $2,000 you're earning or $25,000. And, um, and what I find a lot is that people who are really unconscious with their money, then they don't know the numbers. They're not conscious where it goes. If they're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, at $4,000 a month, they find they're still living paycheck to paycheck at 6,000 or 8,000. And they don't, and this is the other interesting thing is they often don't feel like much has changed in their life. So they're like, how am I, you know, where is that extra money going? I hear that quite a bit. So I think that's a important point. It's, it's not about how much you're earning. It's about what you're doing with it. Um, and, you know, are you putting aside a surplus? Yeah, spot on. My favorite thing that I've, I've said for years is I don't care if you make a million dollars a year. If you spend 1.2, you're still broke. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, look, you've shared heaps of great things today and I love that we've gotten to connect. Is there anything else well I, well, I have a question for you. Answer if you want, but would you share with everyone where you are today? Like we kind of went through the journey. Uh, where are you today financially, I suppose? Mm. So, well, it's an interesting time to ask because actually um, I am in the process of selling an investment property right now. Uh, and I just spent the whole first half of today doing the paperwork because the contract got signed on Sunday. So um, I'll give you I'll give you a rough rundown. So I, um, you know, I hit my financial crisis point, and I decided 
I have to figure out money. This is actually a really important part of living a life in alignment with what I feel is my truth, with sharing my gifts, talents and abilities with the world rather than feeling, you know, I think there's a bit of a cultural narrative around money shouldn't matter. I was like, money's actually kind of one of the most important things (laughs) to be on, you know, to master, to actually be able to do that. So um, that's when I, you know, I created a money planner and tracker, my abundance planner and tracker and started to build savings and, and, you know, started to build um, a self-employed income around that time as well. And, you know, and that's really taken time and I kind of quit what I was doing initially. um, And then it just really organically evolved, you know, sharing the money work and doing money workshops, selling the abundance plan and tracker and, moving into courses and, you know, various other things from there. So my position at the moment is that I'm fully self-employed now, which is awesome. Taken a while to get to a comfortable income, self-employed, and that's really normal. I think there's a bit of a culture of like, you should be able to do it instantly. Um, And I think that that actually can sabotage people because you feel like a failure for not figuring it out right away, even though you're literally making up, you know, your job literally. And, you know, everyone's path is going to be different on that. So full-time self-employed, I, um, I invest, I actually just recently sold all of my ASX shares. Um, so, and that's another good habit. Actually, I'm very fortunate to have got from my parents always taught me to invest in shares um, to buy into uh, a managed fund that's yeah just had really good long-term um, returns in comparison to if you look at like the last 10 years of the ASX, it's not really that great. Um, and I bought an investment property a few years ago with my mom and we have just decided to sell that because again, we're just seeing better places for that money to go. So that wet, we had an open home. This is a long answer. I, I don't know how much detail you wanted. There was an open home for it on Saturday. Contract got signed on Sunday, which I'm just over the moon about. So happy. Um, and yeah, most of that money will go into um, a managed fund. And I think there's actually, well, yeah, there's going to be some extra, which is great. I'm really happy about that. And I, I just, as of like two weeks ago, I've I've started to um, put a little bit of money into Bitcoin, which I was always very, uh, I don't know if anti is the right word, but not into crypto because, you know, for, for me coming at it from a financial perspective, it's like, there's no value behind it. You know, it's completely driven by FOMO, you know, what? Um, but I realized there's actually kind of whole worlds being built in that space now. And uh, anyway, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put a big portion of my portfolio there, but I'm, I'm going to just have a bit of play and a bit of fun in the crypto space as well. So that's where I'm at. That's amazing. And with all that, I have so many questions, but I would love to bring you back for a different conversation where it is focused on where we are now, what you're investing in, why you do those things that can be left for a future episode, certainly where season one is all about financial foundations and you get to graduate, if you will, to that level of wealth and having a diverse portfolio and all these things. I want you to listen and take, take, um, have this as a takeaway 
Alex didn't say that she went into crypto and then got control of her money. Don't hear no. that. You Definitely get control not. of your money first, and then you can start investing into anything you want to do. All right? That's up to you to decide. But if you don't control the person in your mirror, Bitcoin is not going to save your life. The lottery is not going to save your life. All right? That's why the majority of lottery winners go broke again, file bankruptcy, because they haven't controlled themselves. Absolutely. And, you know, I only, I've only started to play with Bitcoin now because, because I have extra cash to do it. Like I remember looking at it a few years ago when there was um, a peak and, you know, that just wasn't the place for my extra money. Then I was like, no, this is just not where, you know, where I'm willing to possibly lose my money. So I'm, I'm not going to put it there. So yeah, I, I, my mind might be changing, but I have never really typically thought of it as an investment. You know, that's why I've got investments in other places that are, you know, more traditionally value backed, I guess. And then crypto, I'm just going to start exploring. <laughs> yeah. Again, we relate there very heavily together. So my closing question for you, we kind of talked about it, but I, I want to ask specifically what does freedom mean to you? Freedom to me means it's real. It's about the freedom to create what I love, the freedom to express myself, the freedom to do the work that I love. And I, th I think from that springs, you know, all the other kind of uh, levels of freedom that I could want, but the, the most important thing for me, and I think this has really, you know, I can see that this has been the most important when I reflect on my journey of what I've prioritized is being able to do what I love and to uh, create a living doing what I really love. I'm right there with you. I think we're, we're two of the same people. I love it. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> and where can everyone reach you at? Where can they find you? Yes. So my website is alexisharvey.com. And um, I've got a couple of free resources on my website. If you want to check it out, I've got a seven days of money ritual. And I also have a six week money transformation course called Money Queen that I run in live rounds. So you can check that out on my website and join the wait list if that's something you're interested in. And then the other main place to find me, oh no, Okay. I, I almost forgot one really important one. The, well, the one I was going to say next is my Instagram. That's where I spend time on social media. My handle is at alexh.co. And I was almost going to forget to mention that I also have a podcast. Uh, my podcast is called Money, Sex, Business and Awakening. So um, yeah, if you want to check out my podcast, definitely that's, that's a place to find, you know, my content. And I've got lots of, um, money and business related episodes over there as well, uh, as well as, you know, I guess the, the sexuality and the awakening part is, is using all of these things on your path to actualize your potential, live your potential and um, live your most kind of lit up alive life. So my podcast, Money, Sex, Business and Awakening is the other place to find me. Certainly. And I highly recommend it as well. I listen uh, to multiple episodes that have motivated me to create this one, Money Like Mike. So thank you everyone for listening and thank you, Alex, for jumping on with me today. 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me and um, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show or found value in this episode, the number one thing you can do is subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.